to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm joined as always by Ike. Ike, how are you? I only got one question for you. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, um, we'll discuss that in a bit. (laughs) Uh, Not what my favorite scary movie is, but what it's not. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a fun discussion today uh, because... we, uh, we we had a little pre-discussion on this, and this is going to be one of those reviews where Ike and I don't agree. We don't see eye to eye, so that should make some fun fun conversation because we don't Ike we haven't got that yet a lot yet. Uh, typically, most of our reviews we're we're pretty much on the same level, so this will this will be interesting, be fun, new territory. Brace <laughs> yourselves, guys. This might be the last episode. We might right. explode right here. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. It's not going to happen because. Uh, because they're all opinions, so who cares? Uh, but thank you for joining us again this week. Again, we are going to review. We, we talked all that. And I didn't even say what we were going to review today. Uh, we are, of course, <laughs> reviewing what the entire world is talking about, and that is Scream 6, which is out in theaters and tearing it up right now, the number one movie over the weekend. And um, we're going to discuss that. We had our big Scream franchise review and discussion last week, and uh, we're talking the new Scream movie this week. Uh, make sure that you don't miss an episode of us. And by doing that, uh, all you got to do is hit subscribe. Whatever you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe. And then you can also make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Letterboxd. And we are now on the Slasher app. Uh, we're very new there. I have no clue what we're doing, but we're there. All you got to do is on all those p- uh, platforms, look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. As always, we need to throw out two uh, two quick facts here. Uh, special thanks to our wives, Kayla and Monica, for all their help and support. And we will issue a spoiler warning. It'll come up again later. We'll mention it again later, right before our review. But I want to be 100% clear. If you have not seen Scream 6 yet, don't listen to our review because we're going to blow the hell out of it. It's gonna, This is spoiler rich today. We're, we're, we're talking everything. Nothing's going to be held back. We're going to talk about whatever we want related to the movie. So if you haven't seen it, you may not want to listen to a review unless you just don't care. So you have been warned. So Ike, besides seeing Scream Six uh, this week, uh, did you did you do anything else? Watch anything else? Uh, what's been up with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, uh, I'll be real with you. I've not watched anything else. However, I have played um, a few horror games. Um, right. So fun fact, um, you know, obviously we don't talk a whole lot about video games on here, but um, Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, which is a remake of one of my favorite Resident Evil games of all time, is actually coming out. Uh, it's dropping later this month. So, in preparation for that, I have been replaying the Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake. Um, I'm getting ready to play the original Resident Evil 4. And for those people who are interested, they actually dropped a demo of Resident Evil 4. It's called the Chainsaw Demo. They dropped that on, I believe, both Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. It may not still be available, but if it is, I'd recommend downloading it if you're interested or if you want to get a taste of the game. It was pretty, pretty awesome. All right. Well, uh, let's see then. Uh, not not much else for you watching it. Uh, about the only thing I have watched is I actually I'm, I'm one episode away uh, from completing the, the Scream TV series. I had never watched that. Really? And uh, yeah, I never I never just never did. I don't know why I just never took the time and did it. Um, 
And with all the recent scream craze, I decided to dive in and um, I'm actually have enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Um, I, you know, I, I'm in the third season now, which I don't know. I don't, I don't like the third season quite as much because I, I kind of got invested in the first two seasons and the characters and that. Yeah. And, and I know it's not directly related to the movies, uh, especially the first two seasons, but I still got pretty invested in it. So, uh, but it's, but it's been fun. It's I've been, I've enjoyed watching it. And, um, and uh, I did hear like in the first two seasons, you know, the, the, the mask and everything, they, they kept talking about, you know, the Brandon James mask and Brandon James. I have heard, and I, of course I didn't notice it, you know, in my viewing, but I did hear in the subway scene in Scream 6 that somewhere there was supposedly was one of the Brandon, someone was wearing one of the Brandon James masks as kind of a tip of the hat to the TV series. So that's pretty cool if that's true. So, but, uh, but before, uh, well, well, I'll talk about it. I, I have a story related to my, my viewing <laughs> of Scream 6 that is not directly related to the movie itself, but we'll talk about that when we get to, when we get to review time. Um, I, on Twitter though, we are continuing on our slash madness tourney. We had our second round matches. Let's just go through them real quick. Won't discuss them too much. Uh, I don't think there are, there are many surprises. We're really going to dive into the discussion on the tournament next week because we're down to the final four. Yep. And that's, that's where it's really going to get down to the nitty gritty. But in the second round matches, uh, Michael Myers, uh, upset or not upset, defeated pinhead. Uh, Michael Myers got a hundred percent of the votes. I don't think that's a big surprise. Uh, Ghostface defeated Leatherface. Ghostface was 70% of the votes. Jason Voorhees defeated Art the Clown. He had uh, 75% of the votes. And Freddy Krueger defeated Chucky. Uh, and Freddy had 90% of the votes. I thought that might be a little closer, but alas, it was not. Uh, so that brings down to our semifinal matches, uh, which are will be released on the day this, uh, uh, this episode is released, on Thursday, March 16th. Uh, and that makes the final four and the, the final two matchups, semifinal matchups, are Michael Myers versus Ghostface and Jason Voorhees versus Freddy Krueger, which, you know, we saw that in a movie. But um, We did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, again, I, no surprises there. I, I think that that final four, I mean, it's just not surprising to me. I mean, I think that's four of the most iconic uh, killers in, in horror movies. Uh, so, I, I, at least on my part, I don't, I don't see any surprises in it being those four. No, absolutely. I, I'm pretty sure when we talked about this last week, that was pretty much the guesses that we, we kind of made yeah. or the assumptions yeah. we kind of made. Um, I am obviously sad about Art the Clown, but, you know, I, I think I think I'll uh, I think I'll live. Yeah, yeah, maybe march on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but now it gets intriguing when you get down to these four and what happens here and then, uh, you know, going on to the final. So we again, we will discuss these two matchups uh, a little more next week once the voting is done and we'll talk our views on it. Uh, I don't. I don't want to persuade anybody if, if anybody puts that much stock in what we say. <laughs> I don't know if they do or not. But uh, but one thing that I do want to parlay onto the world is our game, the top three. Top three. <laughs> and on this episode, keeping in the theme of the Scream franchise, we are going to talk about our top three favorite kills in Scream movies. Ike, man, this was tough. Yeah. This was a, I mean, all the kills, not all the kills, but uh, there's a good majority of the kills that are fun, that are impactful, that are, that are wild. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I, I, okay, here's my deal. I say it's tough. Two of them I, I pretty much knew right off the bat. There's two that I really, really, I just, I, I, I like. The, coming up with my third one, I, I literally just, I went through a rotating cast. Oh, this one. No, 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 no. It's going to be this one. No, it's this one. Man, and I don't even know, you know, I don't even know if I'm 100% sold on the one I settled on. But, uh. <laughs> But I think it's, you know, I will say my number three is probably a unique choice that I don't know if a lot of people would choose. But uh, but I you got your list. You ready to talk about this? 
I think I'm as ready as I will ever be to speak on my favorite kills. All right. Well, uh, let me I'll start because my number three, I think, might be unique. I, I don't know if a lot of people would pick this one, but I think it's a very fun kill. I thought it was clever. Uh, the, the, the build into it, uh, I thought it was kind of unique. It is from 2000, from Scream 3. It is the kill of Sarah Darling, who is the character that was played by Jenny McCarthy. Mm. Uh, I very much enjoyed this kill because I love the part. I think she's on the phone or she's walking through or whatever it is. I love how he how he steps out of the costumes. Yes. Uh, there's those racks of the costumes and how you know the head comes aside, the the foot comes. That, to me, was so cool. It looked so – it was just the way they shot it looked great. Um and then her, you know, trying to race around and fight him off and tipping stuff over, picking up prop weapons and trying to hit him. And, it, you know, of course, nothing happening. And then finally going through that that glass and that door. That was it was pretty wild. Um, I don't know. It was something about that. You know, I mean, I would say, you know, I, I enjoy Scream 3, but not saying it's one of my overall uh, top favorites of all time, you know, that, that I jump up to mind. But uh, I thought, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy this kill and I thought it was kind of unique and kind of fun. Uh, so, I, I, what do you think of this kill? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, uh, Jenny McCarthy getting killed. It's always a good time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But no, absolutely. I, I will say, while Scream 3 is one of my least favorite of the Scream films, I will say that the, the kills in this film, obviously, they, they, they honestly are probably one of the most elevated um, storytelling kills in pretty much any of the movies. Yes. Because the whole concept of Scream 3 is you have, like, this guy or person who we don't know yet, obviously, well, we know, obviously between me and you, it's, it's Roman, the director, but anyway, (laughs) just, just in case you've never watched that movie 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We (laughs) issued the spoiler warning. We're okay. (laughs) Right. Um, but, but basically what I'm getting to is that, you know, he's basically writing a movie, he's rewriting the movie and he's killing people according to his rewrite of the movie, which is kind of an interesting plot point. Um, and so, you know, with that, it, it obviously this kill specifically is it, one of the, f- I would say, first big ones of the film other than Cotton. And it really sets the mood, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, obviously, Jenny McCarthy getting murdered. Always a good time. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean, you know, she fits that, that stereotypical role of the, uh, you know, right. the, the, you know <laughs> the, the uh, yeah, the blonde, you know, you know, uh, attractive woman that, you know, whatever, you know, you're, you're typical, some of your cliches in horror movies, but. Uh, but again, it was just, you know, I don't know, something about it was just, it, it's, you know, like I said, it might just be that the part of the beginning with the rack and the stepping out of the cars. I always thought that was so cool looking and, and, and kind of clever. So, but let's, let's, let's uh, march on. Ike, what is your number three favorite uh, kill in a screen movie? Uh, so my number three, and then this one was um, kind of hard because I honestly, I wanted to put this one higher. Um, but uh, the scene in Scream 5 where they actually kill Dewey, um, oh. I it's super sad. It's super tumultuous and like it has this weird, like weird, like level of respect from the killer. Cause the killer says, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's been it's an, an honor. honor. Yeah. And like, and obviously do and like, and here's the thing, the, the thing that kills me about this is like Dewey was prepared. Dewey was about to put a one in the head to finally put this person down. And he hesitated. He hesitated. Like he's always hesitated. And it just happened that this time they weren't going to let him walk away. So it's like it's sad, it's heart wrenching, it is brutal. I mean, not just one stab, but two stabs, front and back, right up the spine, right yeah. up the organs, and it's like you know, obviously he's not walking away from that. And and I think the the finality 
of that kill and just the absolute brutality. It, it makes it such a good kill, but also a very impactful kill for sure. Yeah. Um, I, well, here's spoiler. It, it is one of my two remaining. Um, <laughs> and man, so I'll talk about it now. Uh, it, it is, uh, ah, man, it's such an impactful, like you said, impactful kill. And it, it, it meant so much, right? Cause Dewey had survived everything. Right, he had been stabbed and everything else so many times uh, through the movies, and uh, when it first starts to happen, of course your initial reaction is, "Oh, it's Dewey, right? He'll he'll recover, you know, he'll he'll be fine." And then then you see how how far the killer goes, uh, and the and the slicing and the bringing the knife up, and you're like, "Yeah, that's not it. That's that's it. That's Dewey's <laughs> yeah. done." And then then it's wild because it's like it's one of those one of those moments in these films that it hits you harder when you think about it later. Yeah. Right. And you realize that, Holy crap, Dewey, who's been a fixture of this franchise is, is it's officially done. Right. Unless they do some kind of flashback or whatever else he's, he's not going to be in the next one. He, that's it. He's done. And uh, yeah, so it, it's wild because just on impact alone, it's a, uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, outside of, you know, of Sydney getting killed, I don't know if that there would be a, a character that would have more impact on the franchise uh, than Dewey. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, so let's move on to our number twos. My number two, this is going to give away <laughs> everything because I just said that the Dewey was one of my two. So, but my number two is the very first, the original kill of Casey Becker from the first movie in the opening scene, of course, played by Drew Barrymore. So, of course, I mean, this scene is, I, I don't know, it, it's perfect. There's everything, you know, it's the only thing, and it is impactful, right? Because it's yeah. Drew Barrymore. And it's because literally, again, we talked about this before with other movies. You have to put yourself in the mindset and the context of the time. Because Drew Barrymore was the big star of this movie coming into it. You you you, you didn't you didn't have the con the, the, the concept of what Scream was and the surprise killers and the and the bait and switches and the different things that you know the different tricks they've done. So when you start watching this movie and you see Drew Barrymore, you think, okay, that there, there's Drew, right? There's the you know the big star of the movie. She's got to be a, this important character, and then she gets killed <laughs> before the you know the opening sequence, and you're like, holy crap! And it really kind of puts you on your heels of what is this movie and what is it doing? And and I think we talked about this when we talked in our last episode about the opening scenes, but the the my favorite part of this one is how the mom is on the phone and hears her as she's dying. Yep. You know, she's trying to call nine one. That man, that to me is just, oh, it's, it, I think it's great. I think it's a great piece of film, uh, well written. Uh, of course, you know, well acted. It was brutal. You know, especially they come out and she's hanging from the tree and everything else. Uh, it, it's it's iconic. I mean, this thing set the stage for this entire franchise, and in, in one scene, uh, before the opening, you know, card comes, you you literally are man, you you just know hey this is something this is a little different right they're they're a little bit of a twist on, on horror here so um so yeah that's my number two the Casey Becker kill from the original movie uh I, do you want to talk about this one or do we need to move on because it's it's one of yours so it's not one of mine so right. I will okay, I will on. yeah I'll briefly touch on it and then I'll jump in this because I mean what more can you say it's literally the first kill in the first Scream movie I mean yeah. it, it not only is it a paramount moment in cinema? It is one of the biggest plot twists of the 90s. And not to mention, Drew Barrymore sold that like a mother. Like, oh my good lord. She, 
I mean, I love Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is such a great actress, and I, I, I cannot say it enough that I wish she did more horror films because yeah. her as Casey Becker and Scream is probably one of my favorite characters, like that you never get. You don't. You only see it for see her for like five minutes, but you get invested. She's so emotional. And then, like you said, she gets brutally murdered and her parents have to, like, listen to her being brutally murdered. So, like you said, fantastic kill. I didn't make my list just because some of these other ones, I don't know, I I like them just a little bit more, but it it is very good. (laughs) All right. Well, then let's roll on. Ike, what is your number two then? Absolutely. So, believe it or not, my number two is the Tatum kill in Scream 1. Um, and, and, And there's kind of an interesting reason why. Partly because the Tatum kill, it's sort of a personification of, like, the stupid teenager. You know what I mean? And it's supposed to kind of make fun of other horror movies. You know, in other horror movies, the teenager, they're trying to run away and they slip and fall. The teenager's trying to run away and they they go into, you know, the room that says murder, 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 death, death. (laughs) So Tatum's death is definitely a nod to some of, like, those silly kill, like, death scenes in other movies. Um, but also it, it does have its own level of brutality. Um, and a lot of people who've watched these films do think that Stu was the one that killed Tatum. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I would say a little bit of an extra little twist there because truthfully, you don't know who killed Tatum. Yeah. Um, you can, you can posture and you can guess, but one of the best things about the first movie is they don't really say who killed who, mm-hmm. um, but absolutely, you know, her getting crushed to death by the, uh, you know, the the raising door, the garage door, that's the word. Um, it's interesting, it's unique, but also it has a lot of inter- really interesting implications uh, for who killed her. Yeah, this was this was uh, this kill was actually on my short list for the number three spot uh, when I was you know filtering through. It was one of my considered uh, and almost made my list. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's a very well done scene because I love the. Uh, I love that the taunting and teasing of Ghostface in this one, right? He, uh, you know, he he kind of you know brutalizes her a little bit, and as she's crawling, she opens the door and, she, and she's crawling trying to get out, and he's standing there just just waiting right. until she gets there, and then puts. Now, I, I don't know. Again, the, you, there's a leap here where you have to believe because I don't know that a garage door typically, I, at least in my experience and in my mind, if a garage door comes down and hits an object, it typically is got a mechanism that causes it to reverse. Right. Go back up. But okay, whatever. We'll overlook right. that. But uh, <laughs> but we'll, I look, sus- I, we'll suspend Ben Belief yeah, and you well, know Tatum's parents are going <laughs> to sue the garage door company. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but it is. I like that. I like that taunting and teasing of Ghostface in the scene, right, where he kind of stands there and watches her crawl away and and then the door and everything. Um, yeah, it is. It is a very good scene. Uh, you know, Rose McGowan does a great job in it. And uh, it, it like I said, it was one of the kills that I strongly considered uh, for my number three spot. Uh, as well, it, again, the first movie, man, is so ah, it's so damn good. It, it's I mean, it's it's virtually perfect. I yeah. mean, I don't know that there's anything I would change about that the first screen film. Uh, it is is such a good film, and there's so many so many great kills in it. But um, but then there's no surprises what we said earlier. If we move on to the number ones, that my number one is from Scream 2022. It is the the death of Dewey Riley. Um, I just had to give it a nod because man, it is it's so impactful for me, right? I love Dewey. I love that character and these things, and and, and him finally. Uh, finally getting off was just it was just impactful, uh, you know, for for the franchise. So but we already discussed that earlier as it was one of your choices. And uh, we talked about that. So let's move on. Ike, what is your number one favorite kill in a screen film? Absolutely. So this one, honestly, I, I, I 
it's one of those things where this this kill was not you know anything really that special. It was just like almost just senseless, and it was also creative in a way. Um, the death of Phil in the opening scene of Scream Two. Another one that I consider for my yeah. number three because I love I love my favorite opening of the Scream of in the Scream is the one in Scream Two. I and I love this kill. It's I mean. First and foremost, he thinks that like something like there's like a I, I don't know like does he I can't remember if it is it the sound of like a little kid that's in the other no no I, th- I think he thinks there's a couple over there kind of you know oh, messing yeah. around that's right I said I couldn't remember if that was a scene where it was like a like a sound of a kid or if it was like the, the couple but he like kind of like leans in like he's gonna yeah, he's listen like, he's like giggling he's like oh you know he's like oh yeah because he thinks he's that's hearing right. something you know and yeah and he then you're right up to the stall and then just. Boom, just knife through the stall right into his ear. And it's just like thinking about that. It's like I, that would be absolutely horrible. I mean, that's probably one of the more, more, most painful places to get stabbed, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not only just in the head, but in the eardrum. And like so I just think about how painful that would be. And like and it's really weird because it's like the opening kill. Right. It's like the first kill of the movie. Yeah. And you have these people who are like just using the bathroom, just acting like they don't obviously know that anything's happening. And yeah, it's just, oh man, it's, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's one of those more like su- surprising kills because you don't really anticipate that to happen. And yeah, then it's just like, boom. And it's super senseless. This person really has no connection, other, you know, really, really no connection at all to Sydney. Um, they, they, they don't know her. They, well, they, they are students, they say. Right, they, they, are they do drop those students, so I mean that's it. I mean, there's you know whatever. There's not much more there, but uh. right, because like in the other movies, you, you think Casey Becker, she's the first kill. The reason she's killed is because her and Stu are yep. were an item, yep. you know. In Scream Three, the first person killed is uh, Cotton right. Weary and his uh, you know his wife. You know, Scream Four, the opening kill is a friend of you know the main the main villain. Yeah. Uh, Scream Five, it's Jenna Ortega. Scream Six, you, you get where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. So all of these films have a very purposeful and meaningful kill, and like he just wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, no. it was just senseless, and I feel like that really added to the brutality of Scream Two. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think again we talked about this with the opening last. This is my favorite opening. I, right. That is very close with the first one, but. I love this theater. It's something just so great about it. And then, you know, and then the Jada Pinkett Smith in, in the theater, her kill right after this one is great too. And, um, but it's, um, I, I, to me, I think I always got the feeling that the death of those two, uh, number one, I think it's a little bit of a, a, a poke at the, you know, that, that black characters in horror movies tend to die. Yep. There's some of that. And then I think there's also the ode to the, uh, that it's at a theater and it's in the movie and it's the, uh, you know, they're playing on that uh, leading out of the first movie into the second movie, the, the blame the movies for the behavior. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but it's, I, I don't know. I like it cause it's so caught up in the theater and what's going on in this chaos and this, uh, a fun chaos, right? All these people excited to see this movie. And then there's these kills that, um, that people don't notice because of everything else that's going on. I think it's very cleverly done. Very, very well acted. And again, I don't know something, the the energy of the scene or something I just love, but I do love that that bathroom stall kill. It's 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 one of my favorites as well, Absolutely. and one of them that I consider for my number three as well. So Absolutely. great, uh, great list. I think it's, I feel it's a very good list because I feel like our six, uh, well, it's actually five because we had one in common. Right. That, uh, <laughs> that our five, I mean, I think is if I was putting a top five, that probably would have been my five in some order. 
I, I think that's, you know, if I, I, I would have added those other two that you had to my list because those were the ones I was considering. Um, I will say, again, a spoiler on the new movie, I will say I did give a little bit of thought to the one, the, the, the latter kill in the new movie because I really, I really did enjoy that one too. Uh, I thought that was very cleverly done and pretty sadistic. Uh, so, but we'll talk more about that later. So, <laughs> but uh, let's, right now, let's, uh, let's catch our breath. Uh, give another spoiler warning in the in, in the ad there, and uh, I will come back. We're going to talk news and upcoming releases. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right, and moving on to a little bit of news before we get into the review. Um, we have some toys and merch to talk about. Um, House, of, <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses, 20th anniversary, Little Big Head, three-pack. There's a pre-order going on that will contain Captain Spaulding, Baby, Otis, for a whopping $69.99, available to you at BigBadToysR.com. Um, I, I'll <laughs> tell you this, man. I don't... We've talked about Rob Zombie. I'm not like a huge proponent of his movies. A huge. I love Captain Spaulding though. Yeah. I would love to have this Captain Spaulding big head, but I don't. I don't want Baby or Dotus. I don't <laughs> want a three pack of this. I was, you know, I I wish you could buy these individually because I I I I've seen these figures. They look pretty cool, uh, but uh, I don't even want Captain Spaulding. So. Well, good news for you then because I know it. I'm excited <laughs> about the next one because <laughs> Nika Toonie Terriers uh, series eight will feature Vampira, Svengoolie, and none other than Captain Spaulding, and that'll come out in August of this year. So you that's got your good, wish. That's a good series. <laughs> that's a good series. They look great. I love it. I love love the Svengoolie, and I love it. Let's get those horror hosts in there. Well, and Vampira as well. That's that's a good that's a good three. That's a good trio. <laughs> oh lord you know actually i want to start collecting some of these but uh, they're hey, great uh, i love them i've got several of them and i'm always yeah i'm always getting new ones but then they they're all great i love i just there's something about that these great characters but i like that that cartoon take on them it's oh it's classic so cool <laughs> i've got it. my favorite album so far i do have the halloween three uh three pack with the three little it's got the three kids you know for trick-or-treating and the, the three masks oh it's so mm-hmm. great so great See, oh man, I'm, I need I need to start saving some money so I can get some of those. But wish I had that money. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> so key birthdays. We have February, um, February 21st. Laura, was that February or supposed to be March 21st? March 21st, yes. Way to go. Whoever wrote this script. Oh, my God. No, that was, that's our researchers that we gave thanks to earlier. Oh, my God. We're no, withdrawing my no. thanks. Withdrawing my thanks. <laughs> No, I can. Uh, so key key birthdays for March. Uh, March 21st is Laura Allen, known for the clown and the 4400. Um, actually, I don't think I recognize this person. Do do you want to speak? Uh, no, no, no. I don't know much about her. I mean, I kind of know who she is a little bit. I, I've never seen the clown, never seen the 4400, but she's a she, yeah, she's a pretty successful actress right now. So right on. I know clown. That's that evil. It's an Eli Roth movie, so I'll have to mm-hmm, check that mm-hmm. out sometime. But uh. Moving on, uh, anniversary release dates. We have, uh, again, March 21st, weirdly enough, we have uh, Rebecca, 1940, which was released and directed by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Wow, starring Joan Fontaine and Laurence Olivier. Um, so that's really exciting. I've never seen that one, though. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but maybe. I don't know. I've seen a lot of Hitchcock. Um, I, do, I do enjoy Hitchcock. You know, one of the one of the early masters of the craft and. 
you know, you got jo- Joan Fontaine and, and Lawrence Olivier, and that's, that's some two big actors at the time. So, absolutely. All right. So moving all right along to a little bit of news. We only have two little things to talk about. Um, this is actually oh, they're exciting to me. Yeah, they're both are pretty exciting, I'd say. Um, we have a Guillermo del Toro project in the works, and not only is it a Guillermo del Toro project, it is a new take on Frankenstein. Uh, he said he is looking at Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaacs, and Mia Goth to star, um, which, of course, you know, all of those are fantastic choices of actors and actresses, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but do you I, want to talk about that a little uh, bit? Just, I, this makes me so happy. Because del Toro, I, I can only imagine, right, that he's really going to He's going to stick to the the, the, the the novel and the source material pretty well. Right. Which, so I'm excited that, you know, we'll get that kind of take. I, I, these actors, I love them all. I can only imagine that Andrew Garfield's got to be looked at to play Dr. Frankenstein. I, I don't know what else you do with him. I mean, and that, oh, my God, that's great. It's perfect. Uh, I can't, you know, and, and Mia Gotham, I'm assuming it'll play Mary Shelley, uh, the author, because uh, she's in some bits, but which will lead if they go deep enough into it. Uh, that, you know, that would mean she would probably translate over to play the bride, which I could 100 percent see and makes me very excited. Uh, I'm, I'm all excited about any kind of new project related to Frankenstein. So, uh, you know, when it, Del Toro doing it, that uh, bring it on. Uh, absolutely. I love love Guillermo Del Toro. And then the other p- little piece of information that's kind of, I would say, hot off the press uh-huh. Um Smile 2, it is, it's in the works. At least it's it's known to, ex, you know, potentially be coming out, you know, in the near-ish future in the next year or two. Um, so that's that's exciting. I know we both liked uh, Smile quite a bit. Yeah, they, they said that it's, from what I read it, it's a, it's a priority at Paramount, right? That they put it out there that, you know, hey, let's let's push. We, this needs to be done. We, we, you know, we want the follow-up. So uh, that is, that is good. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. So then uh, one upcoming release and uh, one recent release, we have an upcoming release, which is in theaters now, actually, as we speak, it's called 65. It's about an astronaut that crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone, starring none other than Adam Driver. Um, In addition to that, we also have Cocaine Bear, uh, which we reviewed a couple of weeks ago, and it's uh, now available on video on demand. Um, Speaking of 65, uh, I was watching the trailer for that the other day um, because it was actually before the Scream movie we went and watched. and I'm, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing from this trailer, I, I'm thinking that it's Adam Driver lands on, like, prehistoric Earth, and, like, he's supposed to be, like, Adam and, like, the per- other kids. Like, I, it's kind of weird, but the kid's supposed to be, like, Eve or something. I don't know. Oh, and, that, okay. That's, that's what I'm guessing, is that they're supposed to be, like, the first humans or some some shit. I don't know. That That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I do All like right. Adam Driver, right? I, I, I enjoy him. Uh, I've always enjoyed his work, so. I will. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it a watch. I don't know if it's something that I will make a trek to the theater to see, but uh, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait for uh, streaming or video on demand on that one. That's right. It sounds like a fun movie, though. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I I like those kind of science fiction movies that have dinosaurs in them. (laughs) Science fiction to me, it's very much like horror with me. Uh, I love it. Right. And even bad, cheesy stuff is enjoyable to me. So I, I, I like it. So. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have for news and related media today. So uh, let's go ahead and give a quick pause. Take a little take a little water break. Go use the bathroom. Take a pause. Do whatever you guys need to do. And when we come back, we'll have a review for Scream. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. 
Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. Okay, and welcome back. We are listen to their screams, and we are about to talk uh, about the hottest movie in the land right now, Scream 6, right? That's love it or hate it or whatever. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's seeing it. It was the number one uh, movie in the opening on its opening weekend. Uh, but a little background. It's in theaters now. It is the sixth installment of the franchise that started in 1996. Uh, there will be a seventh installment already on you know on the books. They're saying they're going to dive in and get to work on that very, very soon. Uh, the story was by Kevin Williamson, uh, but he did not actually write the script. He just kind of came up with some of the general ideal of it. Uh, it was directed by Matt uh, Benatelli-Open. Uh, returning actors, Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, uh, Mason Gooding, Jenna Ortega, Hayden Pintaneri, and Courtney Cox. New to the series, Jack Champion, Henry Cesarno, Cesarno, excuse me, uh, Liana Labarta, I don't do well with these names, good God. Uh, Dermot <laughs> Moroni, Devin Nakota, I get rolling in, I get I get I get tripping over my concepts of house. Tony Revolori, Josh Segarra, and Samara Weaving. Uh, like I said on the opening weekend, it did 44.5 million, good for the number one spot. I don't think that's any surprise. Uh, it was the biggest opening weekend of any screen movie yet, so that's exciting. Uh, you know, again, we're, we we talk about how big horror is right now, how big 2022 was, and here we are again, another weekend with a horror movie uh, on top of the on top of the charts. That's uh, so exciting. Uh, Absolutely. And this is all about that the survivors of the ghost fakes killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Excuse me. Although Courtney Cox and Roger Jackson, who played Gail Weathers and did the voice of Ghostface, are the only actors who have had roles in all six films. This film marks the first time that they have directly interacted via telephone. Hmm. Uh, that's that's wild. Uh, it's, it's kind of surprising to me that I mean, if I sit back and think about it, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's true. But it's like you would have just anticipated that at some point. Uh, it would have happened. And another right. kind of surprising fact to me is that this is the first of the film in the series to get a 3D release. That's wild. Uh, again, I'm not big on 3D movies. I don't really go see 3D movies. So I guess that just is a fact that would be lost upon me. Uh, but it's, it's wild that you would have thought that, I don't know, at some point before this, that uh, it would have got one of them would have got one. But so see, anyway, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I have a special dislike of 3D movies. Um just because uh, I worked from the movie theater for a while, yeah. um, and I, I don't know. It's like 3D movies, they serve nearly no purpose. I mean, you know, the movie, all it is is you put these glasses on, and, and things seem a little more realistic. I, honestly, I think 3D is an outdated technology, and I think it's kind of stupid that people pay money to go watch 3D movies. No offense if you like 3D movies. Um, actually, I don't care. Full offense. But... <laughs> I, I think that if you're going to watch a movie, I would I would go for like IMAX 3D because mm. I feel like the technology is a little better. But even then, I think IMAX 3D is even still kind of in that scenario, in that ballpark of it's kind of becoming a little outdated, too. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I'm not a fan of 3D. Never have been. Probably never will be. But my, <laughs> my enjoyment, my enjoyment of 3D movies ends with back in the in the cheesy days when it was first kind of really becoming a thing. And they made these really forced attempts to get 3d shots and i'm looking directly at you friday the 13th part three yes <laughs> and and, and that, to me i that's that plays into that cheesy and that, that part that's parts that make me chuckle uh but uh, yeah i don't i don't really you know I, I don't even know the last time i went to a theater and saw a 3d movie just don't i just don't do it uh, but again it is kind of surprising though that through six installments this is the first one but 
so be it. So, <laughs> all right, we've issued it. We said it a couple times, but this is your last warning on spoilers because we're not holding anything back here, right? We're we're we're, we're diving in. The movie's been out a week, and uh, you know we're diving in. So if you have not seen it and you do not want to know any of the plot points or anything. Uh, now's the time to say adios and, and, and be on your merry way and come back to us later. Now's the time to GTFO. That's right, because we're diving in. So, like we said, we, we, we pre-discussed this movie a little bit. And um, I got to say, here's here's my thing. We're, we're, we're at two ends here. Ike really enjoyed the movie. I was really disappointed with the movie. So this is going to spawn some interesting discussions. Now, there are things I do like about the movie. And there are there, there to be there's two things they could have switched that would have completely changed the movie in my eyes. And we'll talk about those a little bit. So before we get into some of the, uh, the the flaws that I see in it, let's let's talk about the positives of it. Right. And I will we'll go. I'm going to list off a few here. I jump in and, and stop me anywhere you want to. Okay. If you got something to say. And then uh, and then once I complete my positives, we'll, we'll, we'll hear some of your positives. But. Um, I, I do say can say that I, I, I overall I enjoyed the opening scene uh, overall uh, I, because I thought it was kind of clever and it was kind of a fresh approach to it. Um, it did kind of it, it confounded me it kind of I don't want to say blew my mind a little bit it wasn't not that extent but it was wild to me that you know after the kill the guy's walking away and he takes the mask off and I was like what the you know because it was <laughs> it was different I, I think that's the part that was that was different to me right um, but it plays into it does play into another thing that I really enjoyed about the movie is that I, I loved the new setting and the move to New York city. I thought it was incredible. I thought it gave them a lot of, of new scenery and angles to work for the kills. And, and I feel that if they had just, if they had kept this in Woodsboro, it really would have brought the movie down a whole lot and it wouldn't have been as, as, as strong and it would have felt really stale. Yeah. Uh, and that plays in this opening scene that the way it parlayed out into the alley and everything, if you could have put, you couldn't have pulled that off anywhere else, right? It had to be in the city. Uh, so so right off the bat in the opening scene, you're feeling some of some of that new energy of the city. Um, so I, what's your take that on that? On just the move to the city in the opening and then the opening scene. Uh, I, I mean, I like that part. I love the move. Yeah. To New York. I, I'm a Jason takes Manhattan guy, though. So something <laughs> like that's fun to me when you when you do something like that. I thought that was just a great aspect of this movie that really put put a little bit of fresh air into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I will say it was very much a surprise um, when they when the, the guy took off his mask because the actor is a. Uh, Tony Revolori, um, and the guy who he is, his name is Jason Carvey. Um, and Tony Revolori, if you don't know who he is, or maybe you're confused, he actually plays Flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I, I think he's a great actor. Um, never seen him in this kind of a role before, so it was very interesting because he's like also in like Grand Budapest Hotel, which is a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, it was really cool to see him even at even in a brief stint as a serial killer. Um, it was very interesting to see him go back to his apartment, um, to his friend whom, you know, supposedly is his accomplice in all of this. Um, you know, they're they're kind of starting to kill people and their next step is to kill the Carpenter sisters. So it was really interesting to kind of see that first and foremost, you see this ghost face killing the guy immediately unmasks, which is obviously the most uncharacteristic thing that any ghost face has ever done ever. Um and immediately it throws you off. It immediately sets you into fight or flight. You're immediately like, okay, something's wrong here. And so he gets back to his apartment. Um, and obviously he's killed by the actual ghost face. Um, and as an intro, 
you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. And um, it also kind of, you know, dives in a little bit and deepens the lore. Um, you know, he, he mentions that he's going to finish what Richie started, you know, and he's going to kill the Carpenter sisters and everything else. So it definitely deepens the lore a little bit to say that there's sort of a, like a network almost of people who want to complete that. And, you know, who's to say there might not be more or whatever the case may be, but absolutely very interesting, very well done. And like you said, the scenery is beautiful. It's in the city. So cool. Because it, it, it honestly, it plays on one of the biggest fears of people who don't live in cities is that going to a city will get you killed. Yeah. And it very much plays on the fact that there's so much happening that it's the same as if nothing is happening. You know what I mean? It's almost the same as being alone with the killer yeah. in a big city like that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like the move to the city. I thought that was a very, very cool thing. Uh, I, I I thought Melissa Barrera, who plays Sam Carpenter, was just absolutely amazing. Yeah. I thought she was spectacular in this movie. Uh, her character, I, I, I just loved it. I thought the, the growth of it, the, the direction they went, uh, keeping the, the, the uh, I was kind of I was cut off surprised that she was still having the visions of her father, Billy Loomis, and that, uh, you know, Skeet Ulrich was in it. I, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know he was 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 going to continue on with this. I, I loved it. And 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 she really played up the trauma and, and all the struggles uh, very very well. Uh, I also loved <laughs> I loved Jasmine Savoy Brown in it, but I'm very biased towards those geeky movie buff type characters. Uh, you know I loved Randy and whatever else. So I, I thought she did a great job. I I I don't know. I like those kind of characters. Um, so I thought she she did a great job. Um, and and I I absolutely I loved. We're I, kind of skipping all over the movie here a little bit, but I, I loved the the whole shrine. And the obsession over the killers, uh, because yeah. I, I really felt like we discussed uh, what we did our previous our predictions. It, it leaned into true crime buffs and it felt so it felt very relevant to me. Right. It felt very, you know, kind of uh, believable. And um, I thought that was a very, very cool aspect. And then kind of related to that, I really enjoyed the whole countdown aspect with the masks and how they were leaving the masks and how all the, the ghost face killers were getting mentions and talked about. And in that same retrospect, I absolutely <laughs> I had to say one of my favorite moments of the movie is when the, I think it was the Jasmine Savoy uh, Brown character uh, dropped the line about Stu Mocker saying, well, if you believe he's dead. I had to say that that uh, that is I loved because, you know, that's that's the conversation that everybody has me included. Every time a movie screen movie comes out, uh, Stu's not dead. Stu's going to be the killer. Right. That's the conversation that just ignites on the Internet every time. And I love that they, they played into that. Right. And they, and they put it out yeah. there. I thought that was pretty good. And uh, so, you know, of course, in my mind, I'm hoping that, hey, maybe that maybe Stu will finally be back at Scream 7. But, you know, like I said, every Scream movie I, I predict it uh, <laughs> never happens. But, uh, you know, that's it is what it is. And then kind of finally, I, I, I again, I love Kirby Reed. I, I, I like that she was back. Uh, I thought her character was very great, was great, was uh, was very strong. Um, and, you know, they, they, they tried to, you know, imply or tease it. You know, they tried to or frame almost, I guess that she was the killer to, to throw everybody off. And, uh, but, but I liked, it was great seeing her back in the movie. And I, and I thought she did a great job. I, I loved the, the scene, the little scene with her and uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, where they're talking about their favorite movies and their, what they like. I, I just, I, I liked it. Right. I, I kind of yeah. geek out for things like that. Um, but uh, you know, and I, they, they were great. And, you know, and I don't know, Mason Gooding may have, as his, as far as just performance goes, he may have stole the show. He is such a good actor, such a talented actor. And, uh, I, I, you know, was, was did great. He was he was great in this movie, um, you know, and, and everything else. So, so those are some of my big positives uh, of the movie that that I did like and I did enjoy. 
the, the, I, I enjoyed the movie for the, the first almost two thirds of it. I really did. I, I thought it was going well. And then to be frank, they, they, they lost me at the end. And, and, and some oh, of the choices, yep. Some of the choices they made, I did not like. And, and again, I, I will talk in a bit with like, I, to me, two tweaks could have completely changed at the end. Could have completely, I won't say tweaks because one of them is a major change, but it would have, that I would have loved the movie, super loved the movie, but excuse me, but before we dive into some of my negatives and some of those things, I, were there, what are there any other, I know you enjoyed the movies, but I mean, just some specific positives uh, that I, that I didn't mention that you liked, or, or even if I did mention that you just want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a couple things. I, I really like the kind of the framing of the Carpenter sisters. Um, I think that Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera are fantastic actresses. And I think Sam Carpenter is, is shaping up to be, um, I, I don't want to quite say a better protagonist than um, than Sydney Prescott, but I will say this: she she has a little bit more of a relevance, in my opinion, to the current series than Sydney does. Um, she she feels a, very much like a hybrid of, of Sydney and Gail to me. Yeah, like, like she has some of the the qualities of both. I don't know, there's some of that there. I, again, she did a great job. No, absolutely. Um, additionally, even though Nev Campbell wasn't in the movie, I am glad how they wrote her out of it. Um, simply speaking, she wanted to get her family to safety, which yeah. honestly makes sense. It, it, it's believable. It is something that Sydney would do. And so I, I definitely, when, when that happened, I was like, you know, how are they going to explain this? Are they just not going to talk about Sydney? And, but they did. They did. They talked about Sydney. They were able yeah. to get her out of it in a, in a logical way, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it, it, to me, this is, again, a hot button topic. On a, a related but a side note, right? I've not, the movie Creed 3, I've not seen Creed 3 yet, right? I will see it at some point. But Rocky about the character Rocky Balboa is not in th- Creed 3, right? Which, okay, whatever. So you know, so be it. But from what I'm reading, and I, again, I haven't seen it, so I haven't, can't confirm this. There's no mention of him. There is no mention of Rocky at all, or where he is, or why he's not in it, or anything he's done, or any, you know, that he's that he's helped train, and that's that's awkward to me. So I'm glad in this that they they didn't just ignore, right? Just yeah. didn't not acknowledge that hey, your fucking major top character through the, the first five movies is not in this thing. Uh, you know, I, I just, it would have been it would have been very ignorant to not say something. And and again, it was a very I don't know, very believable, innocent way to do it right i mean hey it makes sense it doesn't really close any doors you know doesn't uh you know doesn't change anything in, in the grand scheme it's it's a very you know simple innocent believable way to, of why she's not there you know i mean which one of us you know wouldn't have said at this point ah fuck it i'm not doing it again i'm not going right i'm gonna worry about my family now and i'm, I'm sorry but i, I just can't right yeah. and, and five she wasn't gonna come right she's like i, I have no intention but it was it was Dewey that brought her back in the death of Dewey. Right. That that that's something big that that you, you just she had to come back. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, she has a connection with some of these characters. Yes, but it's not the same. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm glad they didn't just ignore it. I was fearful because you don't know. Right. You don't know how they're going to how they're going to approach this. So I, I'm glad they didn't just completely ignore it and just pretend it didn't exist. No, absolutely. And, and that was something I was definitely worried about is that they were just going to basically say it didn't, you know, it didn't matter is, is essentially my worry. But I'm glad that they at least addressed it versus, like you said, just being like, oh, no, <laughs> who's that? Um, 
but in addition to that, like I said, the Carpenter sisters, I think, were were very much fleshed upon in this movie. Um, they explained why the mother wasn't in the picture, which, again, makes perfect sense. Because I was thinking to myself, we've never seen their mother, not in the last movie, not in this movie, um, which makes me think that maybe she'll be relevant in the next movie. Yeah, um, maybe. Additionally, I, I think that um, the ensemble that they brought together, the characters that they brought together, all of them were very well acted. I don't think any of them had any major issues. Um, the detective, um, you know, honestly, in my opinion, he, he deserves I think he deserves some good credit for this movie because he did a really good job. And, I, and I'm sure that I think that's part of what you're probably going to say you didn't like. But I, I like the actor. I think that he did a pretty good job in his role. Um, and the character he played was very interesting. And he played it in a way that was like in retrospect, it was a cheese fest. You know what I mean? Yeah. That seems Dermot well, Mulroney. Yeah. And again. Two thirds of the movie, I I agree with you, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, outside of that, I, I liked it. I liked the story. I liked how they basically transitioned to New York. I like how they transitioned, like you know, how they're dealing with things. I like how they transitioned, um, sort of the suspicions and you know Sam's like, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, her mental health issues. Um, they, they still very much are present. They didn't just magically disappear because she's suddenly not in danger. No, they're, they're very much still there. She's very much still struggling. She's very much still having problems. And in the, uh, the psychiatrist scene where she tells him like, you know, like it felt right. And he's like, I'm yeah, not equipped. To I'm this. not equipped. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I've, I've got to report this. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, I liked it a lot. I liked a lot of those framings and the, the storyline and everything else. Um, but I'm very curious because now I feel like it's time to talk about what you would have tweaked to change to make the movie better. Yep, 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 yep. Let's talk. Uh, well, before we dive in, do, do you have any negatives that you want to discuss at all? Or, or, or are the negatives in your mind minuscule <laughs> enough that you don't want to deep dive into any of them? I, I, so I think the only major negative was, again, that Stu Mocker wasn't in the movie. But I guess that's not even necessarily yeah. negative because, like you said, we, we built that's, it up in our heads and we were like, oh, convinced that this is here. Um Although I do have a theory for Scream 7, which I'll talk about here <laughs> in a minute. We're already uh, doing it, yeah. I'm already here. I'm ar- I already too. have a theory. Um, uh, but which, no, I, nothing major that I would say I have to be like, oh, yeah, let's, like this I need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, which, which, by the way, my, my theory on this movie was completely off. It didn't have any – no, it was – I don't oh, have yeah. anything right, but anyway. I think I think we both swing and missed on pretty much any yeah. theory that we provided. <laughs> some some wishful thinking, but yes. So <laughs> let's take these one by one of my negatives, or what I uh, my problems with the movies. Again, I know with horror movies, especially there are there are some leaps of faith, right? There are going to be some plot holes that you just have to say, you just have to look the other way, right? It's hard not. I felt like this one in, in my eyes and in my brain, there was too many loose ends in, in my brain. Some things I didn't like here, though. And this one, the first one here that I'm going to talk about is a simple fix because, to me, they just didn't have to include this aspect of it. I didn't like what they did with the Gail Weathers character at first. I didn't like that they took a character that had she had grown so much and and, and had she had gone from this self-centered, greedy person to falling in love, to to really becoming invested, to getting to the point where she was doing the right thing because it was the right thing. I didn't like that they totally took her back to, oh, I wrote a book on this and cashed in. What I, I That felt very cheap to me. It felt weird. And I think they could have just left that out. Mm-hmm. I don't think we needed that tension. Uh, and that I, it didn't play a big enough part in the movie overall that I don't think it was needed. I mean, it got to the point where it's like, 
she got slapped and, and they're like, okay, well, we just need to figure this out and get, okay, whatever. I just, I felt like they could have left it out. You know, they, they, you could say you could, or if you needed a little tension, you could have just played up the, okay, she took this job on the, as a newscaster. She, she tried to move on and, and, and find a new boyfriend after Dewey and, 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 and they could have, maybe people could have taken it as, well, why are you just forgetting and ignoring? And, 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 and you know, in her mind, it wasn't forgetting and annoying. It was just, I'm trying to move on, right? I'm trying to put things back together and, and whatever else. Now, you know, she, you know, she did a good job acting, right? In, in the parts where she saw the Dewey stuff at the shrine and she could see it on her face, the pain, right? And the, all that. I just don't feel like the, she wrote another book to cash in and everybody, so everybody was not speaking. I didn't feel like they had to go back to that. I felt like that was just, I felt like it was unneeded. So, but, but, uh, (laughs) well, I will say it will come back in in a bit though. When I talk about something, if they would have went this route, but I just, I just felt like with the movie they made, I felt like you could have left that little bit out. See, so I, obviously I don't necessarily disagree, but my thought process on why it was included in the movie is that not not in the way it's going to sound, but this is who Gail is without Dewey. You know, Gail is still acclimating to life without Dewey. And the first thing that she did is she went back to what's safe for her. She went back to being the, the person she was from the first movie because that, that that's a safe space yeah. for her. You know? and, and, well, and I get that. But to me, that I don't know, that diminishes I don't know. To me, in my mind, it diminishes what she had with Dewey and what she should have learned from Dewey and with her relationship with Dewey, that she should have become a better person because of Dewey. And that because yeah. Dewey was such a great guy. Right. They they brought that up in the, in the last movie, the fifth one. You know, the uh, you know, hey, my sister wouldn't be alive if it was for Dewey. And she's like, yeah, he does that, doesn't he? Right. That Dewey was always help first. Worry about me later. And I, I just felt like it diminished that what it should have been in my, what I would have wanted, I guess what Gail could have taken from Dewey, right. Of, of carrying on that. Hey, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a better person because of Dewey Riley. And again, it's not a huge thing. It's not like it, this killed the movie for me, but right. I just didn't, I, I didn't, I felt like Gail had become such an interesting character and grown so much that I just felt like they just lost ground real quick. And I just, it felt, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel sit right with me, but again, it's not a, it's not my most major problem with it. Right. Um, I think I know what your most major problem is, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. Um, I felt like, uh, here, okay. One of my biggest, biggest, biggest problems with this movie is there were no fucking major kills. There was no major character that died in this movie. Yeah, that that every character that died was a new new character or whatever. So I I know that everybody loves these characters, but someone should have died. One of the core four or somebody should have died. It's unfortunate. I don't know. You know, someone needed to die because every everyone there's an impactful kill, right? There, and, and you're coming off a movie where you killed Dewey, so someone someone's got to die, and they did not have a major kill in this movie. Part B of that, how the fuck did Mason Gooding's character survive? The motherfucker got stabbed like 50 million times in the abdomen and it survives. Again, I know there's a leap of faith. I get it. I've watched some major, some crazy shit in movies and I get it. 
come on. I just, I think it was a, it was a bit, if it had just been a stab or two, okay. He got brutalized. And I just felt like it was a bit much. I also feel that, that Tara, Jenny, or- Jenna Ortega's, that she took a little much in the theater there in the end to survive so easily. Not saying she should, I'm not saying she should have died or not, but you know, she, I just felt like there was, maybe you should have cut back a little, if you wanted to watch the ending they had, cut back a little on what she took. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, for a brief moment, just briefly, and, and, and I guess in my heart of hearts, I probably didn't believe it. When she was hanging off, holding onto her sisters and she was saying, let me go. I thought they're going to kill her. They're going to kill her right here and put all the focus on Sam or the seventh. And I thought that's, Oh, that's great. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love Jenna Ortega, but I thought, God, do you know how much that would have pushed the character of Sam Carpenter to the next level? If her sister died because of this, I mean, if she had trauma and, and issues before, and I, 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 you know, I truly didn't believe it was going to happen, but there's a, for a brief moment there, I thought they were going to pull the plug, pull the trigger. And it would, but th- that was my, one of my, one of my two biggest issues is that there was, there was not a major kill in this. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, let's, and, and not, and, and let's, let's, let's double down on this in my book. If you look in this movie, there were five killers in this movie total, right? There were the three in the final and the two that they were, there were a part of it at the beginning that they killed off pretty quick. So five people that were supposedly killers in the movie, even though we necessarily didn't see all five of them kill the one guy, the roommate, we didn't see him kill anybody. Or actually, I guess he hadn't killed anybody yet, right? Right. Because the one guy said how it felt. He was telling him how it felt. So he hadn't killed anybody yet. So let's just, we'll just say four killers, right, in this movie. And how many how many kills were there? Like five? Six, maybe? Something like, well, I mean, Man, I'm trying I to mean, remember. <laughs> well, there's the teacher. Yeah. And the, uh, who else? There's, there's a few the, people in that bodega. The, yeah, the girlfriend uh, of uh, the Jasmine Savoy. I keep I don't know the characters now. I can't remember the Jasmine Savoy. Her her girlfriend that fell off the ladder, and um, and I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, but I just felt like the killer to killed ratio is not where it should have been per se. Uh, I don't know, and I know you can't kill me, but whatever. I just feel like at least one pretty major character should have been killed off. I feel like we're at that point of the franchise and you've got enough major characters and I don't know. I thought it was going to be the Mason Gooding. I did. I really did not suspect he was going to survive that. And I thought his character was really strong there because he gave himself to get the, the, the Carpenter sisters out of there, right? He told them to run. And while he was there taking them, right? Taking it to distract them long enough. And, um, you know, and, I, I don't know. I guess for a brief moment, I thought they were going to kill Gail, but they, they, you know, they went off real quick with, oh, she's got a slight pulse. I'm like, oh, she's surviving. And, um, and I don't know. And I'm not saying those should, be, should one of those two should have been. I just felt like someone. Yeah. I, I just felt like you, you needed one. I don't know. I feel like you're deep enough into this that it had to be one major kill, not just someone that you, that you established, right? Or you just put in this movie. I, I don't know. I mean, do you disagree with that point? I mean, I, again, I love the characters. I love the actors. I, I get it. But come on. I mean, something impactful. You, There weren't kills that made me say, holy fuck. Oh, my God. They killed. None of that happened to me. Right. There was nobody that I was like, 
had any kind of shock value to me that they got killed. And, right. and, and, and Scream always has that to me. There's always someone. The fucking first movie you kill Drew Barrymore in the opening scene. It blows your mind. You know, and, and, and there's always somebody that's pretty important, you know, for the most part, right? I mean, and to be frank, the movies that I like the least don't have that as much, right? I don't like Scream 4 that much. <laughs> but, I mean, are there impactful kills in that movie? I don't know. To me, the best ones, you know, it, it, it has that. Right. You know, I, I I do agree. I think that they they did. I feel like they definitely, you know, screwed the pooch in terms of, like, who should have died. Um, I, I could see, you know, Jenna Ortega's character dying. I could see J- Gail Weathers dying. I could see Mason Gooding's character dying. And I, I do agree. I feel like this movie did lack that, like, emotional depth to kill off a main character to basically give you that, like, give you that basically that that satisfaction that weird satisfaction that you get from seeing like a main character dying um but i will say this i think truthfully that they are going the reason that all these people survived is because what happens in the next movie i genuinely believe this next movie is going to be like kind of like a finale if you will it's supposed to be sort of like a like a like a cap on the three like the, the Carpenter sisters. So I think that the only reason why they kept these people alive in this movie is to kill them in the next one. Genuinely, per, perhaps, yeah. right? Perhaps, and the, and I do have I, I I got hopes, right? Yeah, okay. That they'll everything I had problem with they write it in the next. One. I get that. I still feel like well, I, I I don't know. I feel like you could have like still one person. <laughs> one has got to die. But I will tell you this. Here in a minute, I have a I have not a theory, but I have a. I don't know, an alternate, what I would have done here mm-hmm. that that could have given you, that would have given it a lead into the next movie that would have, that would have been wild. Well, I'm going to, I'll discuss that in a minute. Again, this is just, it's just fan fiction type off, off my brain shit that I'll get to in a minute. Another, another little problem I had that just ugh, felt kind of messy to me is the whole bit with the, in retrospect, the cop faking his daughter's death and switching the bodies and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know. That, as a little shallow to me, I, I, I didn't. I, I mean, how? I don't know. How the fuck did he bring a body? I know. Okay, did he stash it? I, yeah, I don't know. That was a little. That was a little lame to me. <laughs> uh, but again, whatever. It's. I mean, that's not a, like. Not. It's not again. Not didn't sink the whole movie for me. But we will come to. Uh, I have a, a few thoughts and a few things on the probably the biggest point. I didn't like the killers. Didn't really? like the killers. No, nope, did not. I didn't like for multiple reasons here. Um, uh, number one, I, I just felt like it had been done before, right? With in part two, you had Billy's mom, so I don't, I don't know. I did, I wasn't hip on another parent of a killer, even if it's a different approach at all. I, I get it. And again, I, not that I disliked the Richie character so much, because he was all right. It, it was fine in five. I didn't like him enough that I needed to see him that that key in another movie. So I don't know. I didn't, you know. And he's got. I don't. I just didn't. It didn't give me any shocking moment when it was unveiled, right? When it that it was him, I was like, uh, okay. And I'm like, that's not. And then when he, when I saw it was him, I'm like, well, I knew who the other two were, right? I knew. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be the geeky kid. And I thought, uh, and when he was him, I was like, it's the fucking roommate. I knew. I mean, it's like I, I, I just knew after the after the detective, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was it fell flat to me. The story is okay or whatever, but I just didn't. I don't. Maybe again, it may. A lot of it might be because they they pulled off the parent of the first killer, and so it's just a little too much of the same. 
Right. I, I, I didn't. I didn't like that. And um, I, I don't know. It just it, it fell flat in my in my vine, which which all this is leading me to to. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you want to comment on that at all? I mean, I I understand you like the movie, so you you were probably fine with that. Yeah. I just it, I don't know. It fell flat to me. Right. I I think that it it was okay. So I mean, I guess my opinion of it. It, it leads into like a broader scope because they're basically what they're doing is they're repeating the formula of the first three movies. You yeah, know and I mean? don't like that. I don't like that. But I, I, I don't think like that they're following it so closely. Right. But I, but I think that they're doing it for the purpose of a huge payout because I, I, I think that they're trying to make you think that all of these killers are just going to be like these just random people. Cause the killers in five, they were kind of random. They were just like internet trolls. Right. Um, but there were two people. They idolized Stu and Billy. They idolized the stab movies. They idolized these people. And then you have this movie, which is a family affair. That's kind of the point of the movie, right? It's supposed to be about, uh, you know, Richie was a good boy. You know, he, he didn't deserve to die, blah, 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 you know, and all that bullshit. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think that it's leading to a bigger payout because I think that the idea is that if they're going to follow the same formula for Scream uh, 7, they're going to follow Scream 3. And the formula of Scream 3 is that it's a single killer and it's somebody who has great importance to the series. And I think it's going to be Stu. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree. I think that to an extent, um, you know, the killers, they they it did it did fizzle a bit for me just because it did become very predictable very quickly. As soon as they really, re, you know, they're like, you know, oh, you know, it's the cop, you know, and I'm like, OK, well, why would the cop care? And then I'm thinking, well, he's probably got to connect back to the last movie. I'm sure there's some bullshit connection. So I will say it did fizzle a bit for me. Not enough for me not to enjoy it, but I can definitely see where you're coming from for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I, if they have a good payout, I hope, right? Great. But I don't I don't feel like you, you, you give up your, your current movie to set the stage that much. But I will tell you, here's my thing. Here's where I would have gone with this. So we're getting we're getting to some of my fan fiction here. And, and it's this spins – out of one one thing that, that kind of bugged me too, it just straight out of the, the movies bugged me. Is I'm sitting here thinking, right? I didn't I didn't like what they did with Gail. She wrote a book about the last killings, right? About Richie and all that and whatever else. I mean, we don't specifically know what the book was about, so perhaps I maybe the approach is different. But all I keep saying is, how did how did she write a book about that experience? Did she not interview people and get other things? How the fuck did she not know Richie's family at all? How does she yeah. not does she not talk to anybody even remotely related to them? And maybe she did, right? Maybe she wrote a book just purely about herself, I guess. Maybe I guess that's what we're to believe. But to me, it just doesn't I it, it, the original she wrote one about the Woodsboro killings, right? And everything. You just would have thought that oh, she's a journalist that she wanted she's trying to get back to this writing prominence that she would have went out and and looked for some family of Richie to say, Did you ever see signs? Were there ever any signs that Richie could have done this? And blah, blah, blah. And even if you don't – okay, first of all, if, if the father is not there and you don't see the father or don't – can't find the father, and you're, would that not immediately in your mind? You're like, okay, what the fuck? Where's the father? But if you're talking to somebody, would there not have been a picture anywhere of the sibling? I don't know. It felt weird to me. I I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you, without knowing what the book was about, I guess, you, okay, you could just dismiss it. It just – it felt off to me again. Which could have been solved if they hadn't have fucking done the book thing to begin with. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't have been there. But but it leads me to what I would have fucking done. And and I don't I feel like they didn't have the balls to do it. 
I'm telling you flat out 100% as I sit and watch watch this movie without a shadow of a doubt in this movie, Gail should have been the killer. She she should have been at least had a hand in it. She should. And what I would have done is I would have done something they have never, ever done in a screen movie. At the end of the movie, Gail would have she would have had accomplice, accomplices, of course. Right. At the end of the movie, she would have unmasked and we would have seen that. Holy fuck, it's Gail. But nobody in the movie would have seen it, would have known. And we would have carried over into seven without them knowing that Gail was a part of this. Right. Or, or, or that she would. So we would we have never had that carryover of fucking the killer is still there or the mastermind or whatever. I'm not even saying Gail would have necessarily herself killed anybody, but she would have been the puppeteer that all the she has gained riches and fame and everything else based on these killings. And she had fought and had something else to fill in her life, which she had Dewey. But when Dewey was gone, she fell off the rails and said, I, I and, 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 and just wanted to be, you know, fuck this. I'm jumping in. And then what I would have done in the next step. And part seven is if I was that company, I would have got on my knees and begged and apologized and pleaded and thrown every dollar I had to get Nev Campbell back so that in part seven, it would have come down to Gail versus Sydney and in and, and the big the big blow off battle, because these two started off as enemies. They worked through it and became close and friends and went through all this stuff. Partially, a big part because of Dewey, right? Because of, of Dewey's play in this. When Dewey's gone and fucking things get off of it, and imagine the shock that Sydney would have seen when, oh, it's another ghost face, right? It's another person, and holy fuck, it's Gail, right? And, I mean, it would have put a new level. You thought the guy, her boyfriend, was a big impact? Imagine that this is this person that has been such an important part of her life. And I, I, I don't know. I think they missed the book. If, if you're going to have Gail live, I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like it could have been bigger. I felt like you could have pulled the strings on this one. And um, I don't know. And again, I'm not saying this is the right direction or the wrong direction or whatever, but it would have something like this would have, it would have saved the movie for me. Right. The first right. two thirds of the movie, I, you know, it was all right. I was having fun. You get to the point where you start revealing stuff and whatever else. I'm like, I don't know. It fell apart for me. If it had had something bigger. And again, I, I think it would have been clever to have, whether it was Gail or, or something else, have it carry over a little bit. Right. Because it, it, they've never done that. Right. At the end, the killer is always dead. Right. They always get the that second coming headshot in and it's done. And then it's it's somebody else. Next one. It's it's somebody else related. And I get that's part of the scream thing and part of the formula. But hey, we're deep enough in this. Let's let's try something just a, a touch different, and let's let's have at least what they could have killed the accomplices or whatever. It felt that they had had some closure, but right. but someone, a mastermind, someone's by you know behind. They they did that whole aspect at the end of the movie where where uh, Sam held the mask, and it, I guess for a moment it made you want to think, oh, is she gonna go? You know, is she gonna go? You know, dark side on this, and then she dropped the mask and blah blah blah. That's all it had to be of something at the end where you just some kind of reveal just to us viewers that that it was it was Gail or it was somebody or even or if it's Stu, if you're going to bring back if that's the plan and you've already got that hooked in and ready to go. I, I know you don't want to give it. I don't know. I just felt like 
okay, maybe not the stew because you're giving away the whole boat. But, you know, give us that tease that it's, uh oh, Gail's got a part in this. She's pulling some strings. And you still could have brought Stu back in the seventh, right? Okay. That, that that Gail's pulling his strings and he's a part of it with her, you know, whatever else. And I don't that's 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 my fan fiction writing. I know it's not necessarily possible. I'm not a I'm not a screenwriter, I'm not a <laughs> in the production company, so maybe it's not feasible. I just felt they needed more impact. If we're six movies in and we're and we don't have Nev Campbell in this one, you know, you just they needed something impactful. And then to not make have any major kills and to kind of the the killer reveal to fall flat for me and not shocking at all to me really it just it wasn't that uh, big a deal. I felt like they just they didn't have the impact they needed late in this movie to really put this over the top as one of the top, uh, the best in the franchise. Right. No, I you know and here's the deal. I I would agree. I think that if they had it, basically if they had basically given a stronger connection, basically something to lead into the next movie. I think that this would have been an even better movie, in my opinion, because I liked the movie. I liked it a lot. I really liked it, loved it, I would even say. But I do feel like there there was a few aspects missing that we got in the other movies. But I think the Gale aspect would have definitely been interesting, a little, at the very least, entertaining. And like you said, it could have very easily led into another uh, Scream movie where, A, you still can have Stu and you can still have that impact, but you're doing it with a lead in basically you, you have your nose going into it already. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I do see where you're coming from. I could definitely see why somebody wouldn't like this movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, even if somebody really liked the movie, I, I mean, I don't think that would have ruined it for them. I think it, they just would have liked it even more. Right. And and I know there's a lot of people who love Gail and I get that. And, and, and but I mean, you know, it's okay. God, it's still, um, I don't know. I mean, but tell me, that if they couldn't have pulled it off, tell me some kind of big showdown between Gail and Sydney would not have been the biggest thing in this franchise in all what would have been at that point seven movies. It would have been huge because you would have had two characters that pretty much were in virtually every movie, in Gail's case, in every movie, that were like the cornerstones of this franchise. And if you could have pulled it off to – I mean, it's 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 freaking pro wrestling booking 101, right? You've got the two right. friends who are on shaky terms. And everything seems okay, but then there's something that causes the rift, and then they're, you know, and the, and bam, then they're in a match together. It's the same concept, right? It's, and it's a, uh, oh, it would have been huge, but, but again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a screenwriter, and and perhaps, you know, all I can say is this: in my heart, do I hope there's a big part seven payoff, and that they're going to write the ship, and this is, this is just a bridge to get there. I hope, but when when they, to me, when there's some flaws like this in my eyes, it makes me leery of, okay, are they, are the, is there, are they going to pull it off in the next movie or right. is, are they just going to follow the formula because, oh, hey, we made a lot of money and it's successful. And, and I don't know. It makes me, it makes me worried about that. Now I, I love the franchise. I'm still going to be hyped up when part seven comes up and I'll be, I'll be just excited as I was for six. And um, and everything else. And uh, I'm going to be frank. I'm you know, I really want to go see this again in the theaters because, you know, hey, like I said, two thirds of the movie, I, I was enjoying it and it had parts I liked. Um, And if they again, if they had just had more impact on the on the back end of this movie and a little bit better, I don't know, a little more shock. I think Scream needs some shock to it. Right. And, and it, I don't I feel like it lacked that because 
Not only did the killer thing fall flat in my eyes, but they didn't. There was not a major ki- character killed. So I felt like all there was no shock. It didn't have that that prototypical shock that you come to expect. And um, I felt like if they just had some of that, it it would have it, it would have made it more passable for me. But uh, it, it's hard to you know, it's hard to remember the the parts I enjoyed in the in the portion of the movie I enjoyed because of that. And I know a lot of people. And, and again, it, it's 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 the Hollywood. It's the Halloween ends thing again. Right. Some people. I know a lot of people loved it, and I know there are people that don't like it, too. I'm not saying I hate the movie. I, I, I You know, we joke. I don't hate Halloween ends, right? I just right. don't. We we joke about it, and we I know you and I, we say shit on here. We don't hate Halloween ends. It's not that. I Because, and, 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 and I will be honest, saying these things about this movie hurt me, <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I am such a fanboy for this franchise that it hurts me, right? Because I don't. But I, I'm trying to be – I'm trying to take that part aside and give, you know, my honest feelings, right? Because I'm such a fanboy of this stuff that my initial reaction is, I, you know, I don't care. It's Scream. It's Ghostface on the screen. Oh, it's great. But but I'm you know, so I'm trying to really be analytic analytical about it and look at it that way. And, um, you know, again, though, it, I know I'm not you – know, I don't want to, you know – the whole event of it, of this, I was excited to go to the movies. That doesn't change. This didn't change any of that. It was fun to go to the movies and the event and the people were, you know, reacting in the crowd somewhat to certain things and, and things like that. That was, that was still, I loved it. Right. And it was still exciting to see a horror movie, you know, being successful and having this. I just felt a little let down by the later parts of this movie. And, um, I don't know why they well, I, I see. I know they were following the scream formula. I felt like they missed the boat on some of the heart of it by not not having some shock factor, because I feel like you, every screen movie has something right. And, and yes, sometimes it doesn't work as well as others. But. I didn't feel like this was as I don't know. I, I don't feel like it had that. It, it, I don't. I, I just don't feel like it had the shock that it needed. And uh, I don't know. If you killed off a major character, it would have it would have eased a little of the pain, because that would have been a little bit shocking. But uh, I don't know. So, but you know, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> to tell them to rewrite it. Just start killing people. Say rewrite, or I'll keep killing people. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start an online petition that they need to pull the movie. And rewrite the end, and let's, let's scrub it. Scrub it all. <laughs> no, no, no. We won't do that. I, I am I am hopeful that you know that come part seven, we will we will write the ship. Yeah. I I feel like what they need for part seven, honest to God, what they need is they need to get Kevin Williamson back into more directly writing this thing. Yeah. And 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 have a little more involved in it because. At least from this guy, and from me, my perspective, the biggest hits are the ones that Kevin Williamson directly wrote and had a more involved uh, hand in. Uh, right. when, when it's just him giving ideals or coming up with some, those are the ones to me that, that miss a little. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of Kevin Williamson and his work. He has made Scream what it is. He He's the guy that created this. And, uh, you know, and maybe he will. I don't know. And I don't know what their plans are. I don't know if if they hope with seven to to wrap it down for a little bit, 
my gut says they're being a successful. They're going to try to find a way to, to move on to the next chapter. And that's okay. Just let's just do it right. And let's just do it creatively. And I'm not one of those fanboys that says, oh, it has to be this and that and blah, blah. It has to be perfect or it has to be my way or that way. I'm just saying, let's, hey, let's don't forget what made you successful, right? Right. I, I know there's formulas, but again, I, I go back to the word shock because that's the biggest thing with Scream is the surprise, the shock. The you, 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 you spend the whole movie waiting for that killer to be unmasked and to try to guess who it is. And uh, you're either ecstatic because, oh, I got it right. You know, I guessed it. I figured it out. Or they throw you a curveball and you're like, oh, wow. You know, it, that's wild. And um, and it's hard because you have to take into context. I know that's a thing, right? There's a formula for that now. Like the first one, that didn't exist. Right. And when you're watching the first one back then in the mid-90s, you, you know, Billy Loomis, when they, they arrested him and they cleared him to a viewer at that point, you, you kind of – most of you – most of us forget him. Right. They're like, OK, well, they cleared him. If it's not him, so who can it be? And and so then, it, you know, it, it was kind of shocking when, oh, it is him. And, and you find out the reasoning. And I just don't feel like they they had the balls to really put their foot down and, and, and do something like that again. And. um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm still a big fan of the Scream franchise. Don't get me wrong. And I know I have rambled an awful fucking lot about this, but um. And I'm not saying I'm not saying my fix is the right fix. I just felt like there needed there needed to be a fix. It needed to be a little different. Right. Uh, and as much as I like certain parts, I, I felt very disappointed. And it's hard to re, it's hard to think of that because of the the, the finish for me. And, I, and I'm just being honest. And, and, and that's OK, because goddamn, when you have a franchise that goes six, seven plus movies or whatever, not all of them are going to be your favorites. Not all of them are going to be hits. It's going to happen. <laughs> right. It's It's going to happen. And that doesn't make me less of a fan of the franchise as a whole. It's just, uh, you know, when I go to, if I go to pick one out and rewatch it, maybe it won't be that one, but that's okay. But, you know, and, and, you know, and I know some people may love it. That's fine. That's fine. That's, that's okay. Right. That's, that's there. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions, their own takes. And I do hope nobody takes offense at that. And I hope you don't take offense at that because you enjoyed the movie that, because if I have, that doesn't mean anything, right. That's just, that's my view, my take. If somebody seems to have a, a common uh, interest and agreement with me, then maybe they'll 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 take, you know put some weight in my words. Uh, but you know maybe not, and that's okay, right? We because again, it, at the end of the day, it's all opinions and taste, and and everybody's entitled to their own. So I just want you to know, Dave, that I am deeply offended by your thoughts today. So I will be canceling you later on social media. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. But uh. <laughs> So now we've got the task of rating, and this is yes, this is where the discrepancy is going to uh, really going to show itself. I'm I'll go first. I don't think it's going to be any surprise. But I'm giving this thing a two and a half out of five. I just don't feel it was uh, it hurt me. It, it hurt me, man. It cut me <laughs> deep, man. And uh, I'm feeling woozy. Uh, yeah, and it <laughs> it brought it down. I will say I have discussed this movie uh, so much. With Monica, yeah, and we have had talks, and I have been all over the board with my rating on this because, again, coming out of the gate, the fanboy Dave's like, I want to give this a four because <laughs> I'm a fanboy and I love Scream, and I would, and then it's like I can't, I had to talk myself down and calm down, and and, and she's helped me with that, and uh, and so my honest rating, I'm giving it a two and a half out of five. So, uh, Ike, Ike, what are you giving it? 
Yeah. You know, like you said, honestly, I'll be honest. When I watched this movie coming right out of the gate, I was like, man, this is such a good movie. Yeah, it's the best one. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah. And like you said, I talked to, you know, to my wife, Kayla. I talked to her a little bit about the movie, kind of got a deeper sense of the movie. And I, I, I didn't obviously rate it a 2.5, but I did <laughs> say to myself, you know, I like this movie. This movie was a lot of fun to me. I enjoyed it. And there's nothing so, so egregious about the movie that like, I was like, yeah, this, this is the fucking worst. Um, but I gave it a 3.5 out of five. That, that would be my official rating for, for the scream. Okay. Numero seis. Yeah. We, I mean, we had very much discussed. Siete. Sorry. Uh, we have, <laughs> yeah. We had we had discussed that hey if if we watch a movie like this on the same night maybe we should rec- record something right after and get that immediate reaction right. whether it be spoiler if you want I and now I I feel pretty comfortable in in the, the fact that we pause and wait because I think it's I don't know I mean again if we were saying something without spoilers without I don't know maybe it'd be okay but to me a movie especially of this magnitude in our minds. I think it takes a few days to settle in and, and reflection on it to yeah. really to really get the proper feel for it, because you come out of the movie. And again, it's fun. You're excited. It's an event. You've gone out. You've had your snacks and blah, blah, blah. And you're on a rush. So I don't know. It would be probably a little overinflated. So. Uh, but I, I, I feel comfortable that next episode will probably get more back in line <laughs> a little because next episode yeah. we're going to watch. 2023 the new take on children of the corn that's coming out on streaming <laughs> I, I i feel like you and i are gonna be <laughs> a, a uh, little more a little more in sync with this one um have you seen that meme know. that's like look what they did to my boy <laughs> yeah that, that, that's yeah. how i'm about to feel about this movie <laughs> I, i'm going into it with an open mind right i'm gonna you be can. like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to watch it for what it is but i will say this I love the first one. I love the original. Yeah. I, I, it's great. It's iconic. I don't felt like they needed to try to. I know they're saying it's not a direct remake. Whatever. If you want to put a new chapter in it and whatever else, so be it. And, and again, maybe this is. Maybe it, I don't know yet. But maybe we'll like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> no. I, again, I'm trying not to predetermine. But hey, this thing did not get a huge theatrical release, which makes me. It's a Stephen King. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. But open mind here, right? Open mind, open heart. I'm going to, we'll see. Uh, We're going to try it, right? And again, I'm going to do like I did with the scream. I'm trying not to be predetermined. I'm trying to, good or bad, I'm going to try to go into it and and let it, let it stand for what it is. And and we'll discuss that next week. Again, Children of the Corn is what we're going to talk about next episode. So I, we've gone along on this, but I'm not surprised with being a, a scream six. Um, what uh anything you want to say before we close and get out of here oh man ah honestly um go watch go watch scream go watch the movie take your own take on it think about it digest it and let us know what you think because i'm very curious you know this movie has gotten a lot of back and forth you know not even just from you and i i mean i 
I've seen a lot of different aspects of the fan base incredibly divided over this movie. So I'm very curious to see what, like what our fans, you know, the, the, the five of them that, that exist. <laughs> um, I'm curious what you guys think. Honestly, I, I'm very curious to think, you know, did you guys like this movie? Did you guys like this better than the last movie? That was another big, you know, talking point is, you know, how did this compare to the last one? So yeah, yeah I'm very curious to see what everybody thought. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much of the mindset and it's, it's hard, right? It's it's hard for me to think this way or try to be this way. You don't have to, if you love a franchise or you love a character, you don't have to love everything they've done with it or everything right. that's out there. That's hard for me to do because my immediate reaction is no matter what it is, I want to defend it and I want to fight for it and I want to try to dig and find the good. So it's, it is hard for me because if there's something I like or love or, or am passionate about, um, my immediate reaction is to, I, you know what, gloves <laughs> off. I'm going to fight for this thing no matter what. But in the course of, you know, of having a podcast and, and, and trying to give an honest review, I have to fight those instincts. So, uh, but definitely go, no, regardless of it, whether you love it or you hate it or whatever else, go see it. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a big horror movie. It's in the theaters. Let's support again, support horror, right? It's just, just support it so that we get more and that the, the, the production companies in the theaters know that it's out there. And, uh, you know, and, and we, we got to start working now. I'm not a big guy to watch these things, but we got to start working on the award shows now. Right. They let's start <laughs> getting them to, you know, I know Jamie Lee won and that's exciting, but it, she didn't win for a for a horror, horror movie. No. Yeah. So, but but she did, <laughs> she did acknowledge horror fans in it. Right. By thanking uh, genre film fans that supported her her entire career. So, hey, there's that. So but uh, anyway, so. All right, we're closing the door on Scream. And again, next week, we're going to talk the new take on Children of the Corn. Make sure you subscribe to us, follow us on social media. And until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.